Chantel Jordan from Victory World Church. Good morning. It's Rise and Stein, David and Leanna. Ray Haynes is here, our general manager, teaching on Pentecost, which begins at sundown on Saturday. It is a very special episode of Study Your Spouse Thursday, Renewing Our Vows. And we've talked about the countdown to the wedding, the wedding commandments, the wedding vows, and now some some of the nuances, yeah, if you will. And I think probably the next few would be where you get more of the controversial, the arguments that we're going to look kind of unpack where uh, people are because I think the do most, I have to bring Ravi Zacharias in? Probably. Okay. I tell you <laughs> okay. what, I I would love to hear him teach on any subject. Well, Ra- I, he's brilliant. Leanna Zacharias over here has been, <laughs> has been, has been got, doing a great she's job. She's got to work the accent though. Yeah. That's the problem. Just, yeah. Any teacher with a great accent, I just <laughs> give twice the points because I, I love it <laughs> so the danger we all run into is and not just on the area of the baptism of the holy spirit pentecost and those issues is we tend to put god in a box and any knowledge that we have any lessons that we learn any of our favorite verses we put them in a box and and we we don't unpack it you know so that when people come at us or even god comes and gives us uh show reveals some something new about him the problem is when we get those moments like that where we have god in a box and we're in that box too we're stuck and god can't break through to us and one of the things he told the pharisees one time was your traditions have made the word of God powerless. Mm. This is one of the scariest verses because sure. you can't make the word of God powerless, but actually you can because if you won't receive it, you can't give it. And so it has no ability to change your life. And so the things we're talking about today, that is where that falls. Dr. Mark Rutland was talking about that when he was in discussing his book, yes, 21 Seconds, about how the Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer have yeah. become that. You know, and I got to say, I would be one of those. I hadn't read the book at that point, and I now have read the book. And I I, I have the exact same thought. Well, I, I, I do the Lord's Prayer a lot. I know Psalm 23. Uh, what else is there to glean here? And I was just, uh, I have been praying it over and over and over since reading the book. Mm-hmm. Because he actually unpacks it such a beautiful way mm-hmm. and awakens you. Yeah. And so it, it's an, an irony, that book is, that most people, I think, are not going to read that. They're going to look at it, skim it, and, and go on. And they're going to miss the real beauty of what God is doing in our day. So I hope this doesn't fall in that same category. But these festivals, these feasts are so important because they help you get out of your box. So I just pray in, that in the name of Jesus that God would just open your heart, soften your heart to help you walk out of any boxes that you've put around your your faith, your belief, the grace that God's give you. May your heart just open and soften any hardness of stone become flesh so that you can hear with new ears, see with new eyes and receive with a new heart in Jesus' name. Mm. So you count 50 days from the feast of first fruits jesus has died and rose again those who had gone before he had taken from hades into heaven but they all you know had their they were there for a reason they had they had grown up with the law and all of that was about to pass away just suddenly everything was gone it was all new it was now jesus was the fulfillment of that law it doesn't mean that we don't obey it just means that he is the fulfillment of that everything was summarized in him like the jews of the first century many christians today are more influenced by teachers who have overseen their growth than they are by the words of jesus Mm. how about it Mm. and it's just so hard because we love those who sow into us right 
So there are several groups with what I would I call this one two opinions, because with opinions that's what they are. It's our best take on something, kind of like a translation. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to do your very best to lay something out. And one of the groups would be the cessationists, and that one of the kind of the poster boy is John MacArthur. And he believes the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended either with the death of the apostles or when the Bible, the Word of God, was compiled in the third century, which they say made the gifts unnecessary. And this is the, the, the verse they use. Um, Love never fails. It's 1 Corinthians 13. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So from that, they say these gifts ended. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the the worst possible reading of that verse you could ever do. That's not even remotely close to what that verse is saying. But again, you take someone like John MacArthur, who is a phenomenal teacher of the Word. This subject, he um, is is a wall that he cannot get up and mm. can cannot, cannot get over. Mm-hmm. And so, that group of folks, these cessationists, that's where they get stuck at. And all of the feasts are eternal, mm-hmm. non-ending events that will be present even in eternity on the new earth. The gifts didn't end. The baptism of the Holy Spirit didn't end. There's scripture after scripture, scripture that pro- proves that, as we'll show. But like the first century Jews who set the date of Pentecost to celebrate the word and so missed the spirit, mm-hmm. Christians who eliminate the gifts of the spirit also will literally miss the spirit in a lot of these cases only because they're... You know, Larry Norman is a great singer of old time. You can't hear uh, nothing, uh, you know, when your ears are closed, your Mm -hmm. eyes are closed, your fingers are in your ears. You know, it's a great lyric, and it's very true. So that's one. But that's that's not a huge group of people. Mm -hmm. But that's a pretty prominent bunch that argue. The second one, I think, is is more where probably Lee and I were, were just discussing earlier, and it's it's terminology that's and trying to understand what people are saying, and it's, are you filled or are you baptized? The scripture uses the terms interchangeably, which causes some to be confused. As a result, some would argue that the only infilling of the Holy Spirit happens at salvation, and so there's no spiritual gifts need to manifest to prove that. So, And that's a pretty large section of the church that would argue that one. So let me give you the example from the scripture here. Directly following the resurrection, John chapter 20, Jesus came, stood in the midst, said to them, Peace be with you. And, he, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands, his side. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. All right, now, this is not Acts. So it's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that is a clear receiving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and that is salvation. All right, but it's clearly, since it's the same people here, it's two different events. So we can figure that out. You just have to get... Don't become a cessationist after you get there, because otherwise you're going to say, well, okay, I, I can see that, I believe that, but it stopped. So you don't want to start twisting all the scriptures together. So in Acts chapter 1, following his resurrection, speaking of Pentecost, Jesus tells them, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So clearly, different event. John 14, Jesus says about the Father, he will give you another helper that he will be with you forever. Now, from that, we don't know if he's talking about salvation, the Holy Spirit coming in, or the Holy Spirit coming in at the baptism. It could be either one. Because 
if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit. He can certainly help you. <laughs> he can help you. He can certainly uh, going to be with you forever. So that really qualifies for both. So that would leave you a little bit confused. Is is it one event or two? First uh, Corinthians twelve. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that is straightforward salvation. That's receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation. So there are two groups there who who struggle with the subject of the Holy Spirit, and it has to do with the terminology and the wording, and then that kind of sometimes get pulled in with the cessationist too, because if it is two definitive events here that, that, that happen to you, and every Christian is invited to participate in them, the only thing that stops us, uh, in, in my case, I... I just was a new Christian and didn't know anything about that. So I would have never sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit unless someone came to me and said, this is available for you and explained that there was a difference and prayed and and that would not have happened because I just, I didn't understand. So sometimes it's just not a a clear teaching or understanding. If you grow up and everybody tells you this doesn't exist, you're never going to pursue him. So uh, there was... We'll, we'll dig into the next, which is the two perspectives, which is the bigger, which is, is tongues necessary for the baptism? We'll just strictly focus on the baptism. Is tongues necessary uh, to show that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? Is tongues not necessary? So that's the next kind of look. We'll look at the, the various gifts of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and and how that all plays out. Can, can I ask a, a question? Sure. Just a, just a naive new believer question. You mm-hmm. know, and I got saved in 2006. Am I am I any less a Christian if if I'm struggling with with any of this? You know, that's the great part about this journey. That's what Pentecost is about. It's about your journey to to encounter God. And if we could if we could do anything for the body of Christ that would be really good mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be to teach them to stop, stop trying to arrive to stop trying to mm-hmm. decide if they're worthy enough good enough have done this and that it is a journey and you're going to journey your life through with people mm-hmm. in all phases I mean you're supposed to I should right. be for instance let me use uh, Pastor Don and I we walk together in such a neat relationship not because we have to be perfectly in the same phase on the same level we walk in love and relationship and the pursuit of God and the kingdom and there's no uh, competition between this that or things or gifts or where we're at and you know that that never ever has mm-hmm. come up is coming up or will come up because that's relationship because it's irrelevant mm-hmm. you're you're walking together so the bible says real carry do not compare yourself one to another so that, that's mm-hmm. that's what that's, that's what i'm trying sweet. to get so so nobody listening feels condemned at all you shouldn't what you know i i would hope that everyone would get what i got that that then i got saved one year baptized in the holy spirit the next and you know when they said do you want more of jesus i just will i'll forever remember that because it was it was this they would say Did, would you like some ice cream well, well of course i'd like some ice cream you know, it, it was an offer that I had already experienced, God. Why wouldn't I want more of him? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not saying, I, do you want more of Jesus because you don't have enough? Mm-hmm. Or you're not good enough? That wasn't the question. The question is, there is more available to mm-hmm. you than you're experiencing now. Now, if it's the same Jesus, it's not a higher quality of Jesus. or right. You're in, in a lower quality here. Yeah, what huge, he's saying is huge difference. Right. Huge difference. Yeah. So, you know, when... When Jesus changed my life, I got all of them. Yeah. I got all of them. 
Right. The wonderful thing here is I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1980, so 36 years ago. But how many times has he refilled me over and over and over in the same way? So if if he's still doing that today, mm-hmm. what does that say about the more of Jesus? Mm-hmm. It didn't, didn't mean that I arrived back then. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning. That wasn't, you know, that was step two. But, you know, am I... Has there have been times in here when I feel like I was probably less of a Christian than I was before the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of my own actions? Most definitely. So it didn't change anything like that. It's, it's simply, it, it's just like turning mm-hmm. on the spigot a little more, engaging you, maybe taking a different hand grip on the hose, <laughs> that kind of a thing. But if we could stop the the competition, the mentality yep. of yep. of comparing and I'm, I'm this and I'm that. There's we, a lot of pride. Go a way. There's oh, a yeah. lot of pride. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. It's all available right here at blog.victory915.com blog.victory915.com and you can see all of Ray's teachings there. Or just go to the Victory Facebook page or the Rise and Stein Facebook page. We're posting this up in real time. That segment that you just heard will be up momentarily. So it's a special Study Your Spouse Thursday Renewing Our Vows Pentecost, which begins sundown on Saturday. I'm Larry McKenna, the executive.